Hello and welcome to episode 11 of View from the Sideline podcast. Uh, I'm Chris here and Rich is here as well. Hi Chris, how you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, good, good. Yeah, good. good. Meet, mate. They're going too quickly. Yeah, 11 already. It is, yeah. it is going very quick. Um, but obviously we just want to start off the podcast um, just by sending out our condolences to everyone that was involved in the tragic events on Saturday night, um, obviously after the Leicester game, um, the, the the chairman set off in his, his helicopter and unfortunately the, the helicopter crashed shortly after takeoff. Um, so our, our deepest sympathies to all of the family involved uh, and obviously everyone associated with Leicester City Football Club. So Rich, what's happening on this week's podcast? Yeah, so first of all, just just echo what you said, Chris. Um, absolutely terrible news from from Saturday. I think uh, the the one thing I'd say is just how how we changed the fortunes of that club. And when you look back on it, on how they won the league uh, and how sort of what what a long shot they were to win it and. He was instrumental in, in putting the club in that position, so it's a sad loss. And so, yeah, all thoughts and prayers are with everyone at Leicester at the moment. Uh, so, uh, coming up this week, we have the uh, teaser. So, this week, it's my turn to test Chris's knowledge. We've got the weekend review of the Premier League games and also the EFL review. Uh we will be talking in part two about our special topic this week, which is the FA Cup. Uh, we'll do a quick bit on predictions because we have a new a new leader at the top of the table. Uh, Chris and I did terribly once again. Well, I did anyway. I, I stupidly went for three draws. I didn't even realise at the time I went for three draws. I didn't even realise I did that. I think we both, well, we'll talk about it later. I don't don't want to dwell on it. We'll we'll give it a a, a few seconds at the end. Um, And then we have, we'll end up as normal with uh, going through what's coming up next week and ways to get in touch with us. So I'm going to jump straight into the teaser, Chris. I think I'm confident this week for you. Um, So here it goes. Who is the only player to have won silverware at both Manchester United and Liverpool? I'm confident this week for you, Chris. So, so don't let me down. So it's obviously all oh, right. Okay, so it's obviously something that's played for both. Well, clearly, well, yeah. this is gonna uh, this is gonna test my knowledge. I can tell. Got a few names quickly come into my head, but we'll see. You can you, you can have a think about it over the next hour or so, and then uh, we'll come back to it. And, <clears> but <throat> I, I'm confident for you. I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but. You've just put pressure on me by uh, saying that you're yeah, confident. <laughs> I have, I have, for which I apologise. <laughs> All right, okay. So we'll um, we'll get into the weekend review now. Um, so first up, we'll go um, in the Premier League, <clears throat> and we'll start off with the early kickoff: uh, Brighton versus Wolves. Uh, a good win for Brighton, uh, and another goal for for Glenn Murray. He, he's having an absolute fantastic season. I, you know, it's not going to happen. But I think if he was three or four years younger, he'd probably be in line for an England call up. I don't know what your thoughts on that would be, Rich. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, I think I think that goal put him joint second in the the leading scorers in the league. Yeah. I think I think I think he might be level with. Well, he's the, um, he's the a, top a, scorer of English players anyway in the Premier League. Yeah, so I think he's got six now, which puts him level with Aguero and Mane. So. I mean, that's decent company to be in. I think the first thing with Murray is that it's good to see him out there again after what happened last week away at Newcastle. So he's obviously recovered from that. Yeah. But, yeah, a good win for for Brighton. um, But second defeat in a row for Watford. uh, For Wolves, sorry. What am I talking about, Watford? (laughs) Uh, For Wolves, which, considering I've been bigging them up the last sort of... um, the couple of weeks before... Because uh, I thought they were playing some good stuff. But yeah, that's their second yeah. defeat in a row. Uh, no goals scored either. Whereas Brighton, on the other hand, that's their third 1 0 in a row. Three clean Which, sheets, you can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, it, I, I think those... they are tight at the back. But I, I was. I don't, know if I, I don't know if that was a surprise. I mean, I think Wolves. Wolves probably edged it on the stat sheet, but. They had a lot of chances. They did have chances, and the Brighton keeper Ryan did make some good saves. But you know, uh, like you said, an, another win for Brighton, and, and it, you know, it, so the uh, all these wins will rack up, and you know, they you know they're you in a good position. A like Newcastle last week, where you, you could you could kind of say that Brighton did a bit of a smash and grab by yeah yeah I think I think. By, you know, they've defended well again for the second week in a row. You know, last week against Newcastle. How many shots was it last week, Newcastle? Like 20 something shots? There's 20 It's crazy. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, if that's, that might be the style of play that they're looking for, you know, just defending and then when they get that one chance, just making sure that they take it. But, you know, I think, I think he's did a good, good job, Chris and I think he's done a good job at Brighton. Yeah, I mean, the wind lifted uh, Brighton up to 11, so they're only a point behind Wolves now. So, And if you think of what a good what a good season Wolves have had, I know they came up, but um, Brighton, Brighton will be fine, fine this yeah, season. Yeah, they'll definitely. Get, they'll, get, they'll get enough points to stay up, but I mean, that's yeah. a good win for them. It was, yeah. So on to the uh, Fulham-Bournemouth game. Uh, well... Uh... I think it's the same <laughs> this one. <laughs> when I, when I saw the scores coming in on Saturday, I did think to myself, I thought, we're pretty much going to be saying the same thing about well, each of the teams. I think to start off with, I think Bournemouth, it was, it was a very good performance from them. Um, but what I was sh- shocked by, this is the 12th, I think this is the 12th league game, and this is the 12th different back four that Fulham have played with this season. They, they've not yeah, had... I think I heard that. They've not played with the same back four in any of the games this season, which, which to me says that he doesn't know who his best players are at the back, and I don't. I don't think it's helping those players playing with different players each week. I don't think it's helping them at all. Um, no, absolutely. And it really... Do you not think? Do you not think after after sort of ten, eleven games that he should know? What his best back oh, for? Or, his, his or do you think it's because is, think. they're so bad at the back that that's why he's making changes, constant changes? Yeah, but I don't think they're getting that time to adapt as a as a as a unit at the back, and I I, I don't I don't think it helps them to be honest. I think I think by the fourth or fifth game he should know who his best defenders are. 
Yeah, but, I agree with you. Know, you. Yeah, I agree with you. It was. Uh, I don't. I don't think Callum Chambers played at the weekend. No, I don't think so he did. I mean, there's one change there, but I. Did you? I don't know what it, yeah, know well, what it is with Fulham. To be honest with you, Chris, it's just. I think that's. I mean, we're just adding numbers each week for the amount of goals that they've conceded. That's that's 28 yeah. now. So it's just under three goals a game that. That, that they're conceding, which you, you just can't do that. The, uh, I, thought that I thought they would be okay at home, well, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, but, but to be honest... Their form home and away seems pretty poor. On Saturday, they did, they they started pretty well Saturday, but then they gave away a penalty, and then it literally just cascaded from there. And the Kamara dive, it was awful. It was one of the worst dives I've ever I've probably ever yeah, it seen. Pretty horrendous, it, wasn't it? Uh, it literally, like... It's just embarrassing. The problem was the referee booked him, so now they can't take the action that they can action. take if he if he hadn't been booked. So you know he hasn't really been he's been given a yellow card, but I wouldn't say that's a justified punishment for him. But no, but I I know we've mentioned this before, but that that's where I think that 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 law is probably maybe like slightly outdated. Oh yeah, how that you can. We, we all know the punishment for a sort of simulation is a yellow card, but if that's the only punishment you're going to get because you can't get anything retrospectively, then there's no deterrent not, not to dive, is there? Yeah. I just think, really? I just think he sh- I think even though he's been booked, like you said, I think that he should still be punished further, but um, Bournemouth played some really good football. Uh, I really like this Brooks that they've got this kind of, the midfielder that they've got, who's just come up through the youth team, he he looks really good. He's I think he's scored in his last few games as well, which is good. But he's only young, isn't he? He's a young yeah, he's, I think he's twenty twenty one years old. Yeah, but is this you know is this the downfall for the Fulham manager now? Do you think they'll well, stick or twist, or do you think you know they'll I they'll get rid of them? I think they have to wait till sort of January at least, yeah. but. Just, I just give you a comparison here. So the last last four games of these two, so Bournemouth beat Palace two one, beat Watford four nil, then they got nil uh, nil at home with Saints, and then obviously beating Fulham three nil. So they've kept three clean sheets in a row. But if you if you compare that to Fulham, so Fulham lost three nil to Everton, five one to Arsenal, four two to Cardiff, and then three nil to Bournemouth. It's just chalk and cheese. It's just so many goals, isn't it? It's just so many goals. Yeah, I I really do think that this is not going to be a great seat. I didn't predict them to go down either, so... They've got two huge matches. So they're away at Huddersfield over the... I think it's next Monday. Next Monday Monday night, that is, yeah. And then after that, away to Liverpool. So... They need to get something out of that Huddersfield game, yeah. I think. Well, speaking of Liverpool, uh, they're next against Cardiff. I don't think this is a result that probably would have come as a shock to, to anyone. Um, I just I just think sometimes Cardiff look a bit desperate when they're defending. I think the, the first goal, Salah's goal, they just could not get the ball away. And, and, and they were just all looking at when when the ball goes in the back of the net. They're all looking at each other to say, "Well, you know, you should be doing this. You should be doing that." I don't, but I think the only shock of the game really was that Cardiff actually scored. 
Um, but well, I, I, I've, I kind of I, trying to relate it to how Cardiff got on last week when 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 they got their first win against Fulham. I think for for teams at that end of the table, it's it's almost like anything that they get from these sort of games is is a bonus because no one really expects them to win. So it's just such a step up though, it's really. probably it's more like protecting I think, your goal difference isn't it it's like just yeah probably but going to away to Liverpool is is just a completely different level of match to what Cardiff are, are probably used to playing with the squad of players that they've got I'm, I'm not sure how many of them have ever played at Anfield for example but I just uh, I agree with you. The result the the result isn't hugely surprising, but for me for for me from a Cardiff point of view, that game's done now. You move on. You move on. Yeah, to the next yeah. One. I don't you think they dwell on that. No. Yeah, I mean, if they'd got a point, it would have been like a brilliant result. But I don't think anyone really expected them to take anything from it. So. It's probably lessons learned from it, and you move on to the next one. Yeah, Liverpool though, ten points better off this season than what they were last season at this stage. Yeah, no, so, they look good. They they yeah. they look really good. Yeah, so they're, I think, they're all right. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> we're neutral, Chris. We've got to be neutral. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think they will. Um, I think they'll put up a serious challenge this year. I really do. I think depends on how they get on in the Champions League and like the domestic cup competitions. I think if they can keep if they can keep everybody fit and sort of stay away from from injuries to their main players, I think they're they're going to have a proper yeah. bracket. <clears throat> so next up is the Southampton Newcastle game. Uh, not really a huge amount to to say about this game, other than that the Southampton did have twenty two attempts on goal. And even Mark Hughes said after the game that he, uh, in his interview, he said that Southampton have to be more clinical in front of goal. That was his actual word. So, uh, so I, I, to be honest with you, Newcastle, again, Newcastle didn't actually play that bad. Um, I just, you know, Southampton did have a lot of shots, but they... You know, from what I saw, they were quite a few of these shots are from outside the box. So, you know, I don't think that really well, I, says I mean, a lot I, about the game. But I, you know, not. I, I kind of think it. I, I kind of think it had a nil-nil written all over it, to be honest. But I was I was talking to a Southampton fan during the week, and their assessment of it was that that Saints played okay. Um, they just struggle a bit when they get to the final third, but Newcastle were absolutely terrible. But, and again, without running the risk of, of saying the same thing every week, it, it, if, if that's a fair assessment of the game and Newcastle were that terrible, then Saints need to be winning that game. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there, yeah, I, I see. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, that, that's kind of my view on it. I don't... I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, I can't remember Newcastle having a shot on target. I think they have one, maybe one, maybe. Not even, might not even be that. Okay, well, might have been well, one shot that they had. I don't, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, give, we'll give them the one, but still, Saints, Saints should, be, should be winning games like that, I think. I mean, that's two, that's two nil-nils in a row now. And 
I think that's free. Yeah, because they lost to Chelsea, didn't they? Three nil. Yeah. Um, and even before that, I'm, I, sorry, I'm gonna have to check this. But I think even before that, they played Wolves, didn't they? And they lost. They lost that two 0 So that might be four. It has been a while since they scored. I'm just gonna check. I'm just gonna check my stats here. Yes. Bear with me once. But um, for New- again, there's no win for Newcastle. Um, we we'll just have games. to see what happens. Five, five games without a goal for Saints. So, so Liverpool, Wolves, Chelsea, Bournemouth, Newcastle. Five games got? without a goal. Have you got who they've got next week? They have got... got... Bear with me. I'm just going to check with the uh, fixtures department. Oh, you're joking. Man City away. That's their next... Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> man That's just, just the game you need to get... <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm going to put oh, an early prediction on this one, Rich. <laughs> I don't think they're going to score... Oh. No, I don't think Saints will score. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's the same old with Saints. Same every week. I, I think they need to sort of uh, reassess their expectations, I think, because they they need to... I, I think my summary of them so far would be they're lucky there's three or four teams in the league that are worse than them at the moment. Otherwise, I think they'd be, they'd be bottom. Definitely. So... Okay, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll move on uh, to the Watford Huddersfield game. Huddersfield now bottom of the league. Um, again, I think their defending comes into question, um, especially for the first goal for Watford. How on earth can one player get around six of your four of your defenders, two of your midfielders? And he literally touched the ball twice when he took it round them. I I, I watched that it, goal about five times, and I lit, I could not believe he got through. Like, it's, it's, the, it's defending like that that will probably cost them. Same for the same for the other teams in the bottom three. You can't you can't defend, and especially with Watford. I mean, Watford are a good team going forward. They're they're always a threat, and especially at home, and. If, if you're bottom of the league, you almost need to go away in a game like that and just keep it tight, don't you? Just just not make mistakes, concentration, well, that sort of thing. They, but they did the complete like opposite just, to that. <laughs> it was the complete opposite. But they had they did have some good chances, Huddersfield, in the first half. And Foster made some good saves. So, um, but I, I just like you said, I think it's defending like that that will probably cost them this season their place in the Premier League. Yeah, and they're always playing catch-up, really, aren't they? Yeah. Did because, you... I mean, um, their, their lack of goals, they're, they're always chasing games because they always seem to go behind. So after the game, uh, the Watford manager came out and said that he had the best squad of players in the Premier League, which is... <laughs> <laughs> did he? Re- did he really? He actually said that. Yeah, he did. He said that he, he had the did best he, did he mean squad of the players. Best squad of players Watford have ever had in. The I have no idea. He said, but from what it sounded like, he was saying that he he has got the best squad in the Premier League. 
Okay. To, to to save himself from sort of being carted away, I think we'll we'll, we'll say that he meant the best Watford <laughs> squad in the Premier League. I've always wondered some questions asked. Yeah. Okay. So well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll we'll move on after that, I think. Um, and it, it is the uh, the Leicester West Ham uh, game next. Um, obviously, what happened after the game, um, will is is just an absolute tragedy. Um, but we will go through what happened um, during the game. Um, it almost I, just makes it. Insignificant, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? that's, that's I, I, what I was thinking when I was watching the game. It was it was hard watching the game, knowing what had happened after, yeah, after the game. I think, uh, I think even Gary Lineker said after after match of the day, he said that was the one of the hardest match of the days he's ever had to do. Obviously, with him being linked, he is linked with that club. Um, so yes. Yeah, um, yeah, so, but the, the only really thing that I wanted to talk about was, was Noble's tackle. Um, it's quite a nasty one from Noble, and he is known for doing this as well. He's been, he, he's done it a few times over, over the last like sort of couple of years, just going in with his stud showing. I, I just don't understand why players do it when they're so close to the referee. I just It just boggles my mind. Well, I think, yeah, well, I think there's a fine line between sort of being... A player that plays with a lot of passion and sort of um, takes pride in wearing the shirt, etc., etc., to then you're one nil up away from home. Uh, yeah. Probably, I mean, in my opinion, they were sort of in control of the game. I mean, it was yeah, they were. They they were on top of the yeah. game at the time. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. I mean, at one nil, you're never sort of totally safe. But I'm not. I don't know. I think when you when he looks back at it, it's probably not 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 his best decision at, at that sort of time in the game. And then they're playing for sort of fifty five minutes with ten men. They're, they they're did so well. It, they then. did so well as well to hold Leicester. Well, they held on to the last minute, didn't they? Yeah, and, uh, and then it was just, just from Noble's perspective, it's almost like he got away with it. If you know what I mean? And then, it was quite. And then a lucky, get one in the last minute. Lucky goal as well. It took quite a big deflection, but uh, yeah. But I, I think I think West. I think even though they drew that game, I think West Ham will probably be happy with a point. I think. Yeah, I think that, I think they sure, probably but, would have taken a point before the game. Yeah. To be honest. So uh, next up, uh, the Burnley Chelsea game. So I've got quite a lot to say about this game. That does support one, me, Chris. One being, as a Chelsea fan, even I am quite shocked on one how well we're playing, and two, we haven't lost a game. I just, it's just, he's. I think that's his tenth league game at Chelsea, and he's still not yet to lose, which makes him have the best start of any Chelsea manager. And last time Chelsea went nine games unbeaten at the start of the season, the last two times that's happened, they've gone on to win the league. So, you never know. I think Chelsea look different this year. I know I know they've got a new manager. I mean, they've... I think Jorginho makes a huge difference Def- yeah, to, yeah. to Chelsea, really. I mean, I, I, I quite like Fabregas, but I think Fabregas... From from what I've seen, is almost taking like a squad role, 
he's been on the bench. Uh, he's only played, I think it's like 20 minutes all season in the league. Yeah. But I, I, so, think, I think Jorginho is, is almost like the next generation of like the Fabregas. The Fabregas, sort of player, yeah, yeah. Like. Exactly, that's exactly but why they've brought him in. They... At, at times they've looked a bit a bit wobbly at the back, but I, I think still say there are over, overall. I, I think they do look pretty solid, and they they look. Oh, I hate to say it, Chris. They look pretty good going forward, to be honest. And I, I'm surprised by Ross Barkley. So yeah, I was going to say this on. For me, when when they signed him in January, I think a lot of questions were asked on why they bought him because obviously you know with the players that we had it was unlikely that he would get into the squad and that happened he didn't really play a lot under Conte but I think under Sarri he's been given a chance and probably the most improved Chelsea player I've seen for some time and you know I think he's really turned a corner this season and it's because he's play he's playing. Like, you know, that's all all he needed was just game time. And, you know, he's uh, and the, the thing is at the moment we have got quite a crowded sort of midfield. Um, but he was picked over Kovacic this you know, this weekend. So, you know, I and I would probably assume that he'll he'll probably start tomorrow night in the the uh, the the Carabao Cup against yeah, Derby. Yeah, so. I'd agree. I I I was a bit surprised when he went to Chelsea, if I was honest. And in the back end of last season, when he didn't really seem to be getting a game, but he, he's absolutely taking his chance. Definitely. Um, and I think he, I think he's all he's sort of at his his form when he was at his best at Everton, if not slightly better. I think it's probably the best he's been playing. Oh yeah, definitely. For a, long, I think, for a long time. I think I think getting called up for England has helped him as well. I think it's given him a bit more confident. He he looks so much more confident on the ball. You know, at the start of the season when he was playing, he was, you know, you know some of his passes weren't great, but now you know he set up the Morata goal at the weekend. He got a goal for himself, and he just looks like a completely different player. But I, it really pains me to say this, but I think the only thing that will stop Chelsea from winning the league this season is just the depth of the squad that they've got. You know, they've got 14 really, really good players. Other than that, I don't really... When you look, Sometimes when you look at the bench, you, you look at the bench and you think, is there anyone on that bench that, that could change a game if needed? I think that's the only thing I would say. But I mean, Hazard yeah. didn't play, did he? He wasn't. Yeah, he was. It was so they weren't sure whether he was going to play or not because he he picked up a back injury a couple of weekends ago. Um, but I think he he's still recovering from that. From what I've heard, he was he was fit enough to play on Sunday, but they didn't risk. Risk him. I think he'll probably get a, he'll probably get a cameo appearance tomorrow night in the cup, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. Okay, but let, let, let's move on from Chelsea, Chris. I think we're giving them far too much praise. Uh, I could talk uh, about sorry. them some more. <laughs> All right, we'll go up. We'll, we'll move on to the Palace Arsenal game then. Um, my, my, my team. 
My team, Palace. Yeah, your team actually scored a, go- a, a goal at home for the fans. Yeah. But Two penalties. The, the, the thing is with this game was, one, the I think both penalties were penalties. I don't think even Arsenal players were really that surprised that they would give it. I think the, the, the first but, one was a stonewall penalty. The, the second one... I had to watch it two or three times. He's looking for it, I think. Zaha yeah, is looking he's, for he's it. He's absolutely looking for but it. You but don't... If, you look at it if, you, if you look at it in real time, yeah. I don't know if it's because it's Zaha, but you think, oh, it looks a little bit theatrical. But, but then when you see it a couple of times from different angles, then I think, yeah, it is a penalty. But do you think this is because, obviously, Xhaka, he was playing at left-back, so he's not... I know he played left-back on Thursday night in the Europa League, but do you think that he's obviously he isn't a defender? He's not a left back. No, but I, so, I, I think I think, I think established left backs struggle against Zaha. So I mean, yeah, I think yeah, he, he's he's certainly going to struggle. But he did score a good free kick, though, Jack. I will say that the free kick was very good free kick, well hit. Um, and I would, uh, it's hard, it's a hard one. So the the build up to the second Arsenal goal, I think there was. It, it does look like Lacazette has handled the ball in mid, in the air. I, I, just, I don't think he's done it on purpose, but he's he's definitely hit his hand. I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna well, so I, I'm gonna disagree with you on one point. I think yeah. he has done it on purpose. Do you think he has done it? Okay. Yeah, because his his hand is above his head. Yeah. So, How did the referee not see? I just I just yeah, don't. But, but, but I, I had to watch it a couple of times before I was sure whether it hit his hand. Yeah. Because it didn't. That's the only thing I can think of from the referee's perspective is that because because at the pace the ball's whipped in, I mean it's pretty obvious he's gone up with his hand. But seeing it in real time, I wasn't sure whether it it actually hit his hand or. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's deliberate. I mean you you. All this, you you jump with your arms for leverage and that sort of thing. You don't jump with your arms above your head. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I know. I just, mean, yeah. I, I just say, I, a, a definite handball. So, I would say, I think Arsenal, I think, will be disappointed with with a point here, and especially to only get a, a point because they've given away two penalties as well. I think. I think they'll be I, quite... I think the way the way Arsenal have been playing against the way Palace have been playing, Arsenal will be will be disappointed to only come away with a point. Palace, on the other hand, I think they'll be quite happy. Yeah, their first goals at home get a point at home to Arsenal. The, the, the fact that the two goals they got were penalties is kind of neither here nor there. Don't but... think it matters, does it really? I think no, you know, it, it is a day. And I mean, he he sort of made up for his. Absolutely terrible penalty last week. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when, because when he he, because obviously he wanted to take the penalty. The second one wasn't didn't have a lot of conviction. No, but I know fair play for him to wanting to take it. You know, take it because he's cat he's captain as well, isn't he? So probably yeah, pulls rank I mean, on that as well. Apparently, he's a, he's normally a good penalty taker. Yeah, so. Well. Okay, we'll move on to uh, the Man United Everton. Speaking of penalty takers, right? The Man United Everton game. What on earth is this? This the pen, what? I I just look at. I just think it's embarrassing. What, his Paul Pogba's run up. 
that is not a run up. That is a, a jog on the spot for five minutes, and then that, 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 and that's, then that's, he missed the penalty and got lucky that it just came back to him. It's it's the canter of a World Cup winner, Chris. That's what it is. I just I just think I I just. If he scores the penalty, if he scores the penalty, then that's fine. If he misses that and he doesn't score the rebound, yeah, but he did miss one earlier in the season, didn't he? Yeah, but did he do a run up like that for about five minutes? I think he's. I think that's his new run up this season. I think the first they played Leicester first game of the season. But what does it actually do? What does it accomplish? It, it doesn't put like the keeper the, off because um, he saved the penalty. The, do you remember the Italian guy? It was it at the Euros, and then West Ham signed him. What was his name? Zaza. Zaza, yeah, yeah, someone like that. He had a crazy penalty run up in the World Cup, but I, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's it's all it's all attention, isn't it? Really, I guess. But I it's think that's just, just not. I think that's just it's Pogba. not for me. I mean, it's not for he's me. He's won the World Cup. He can pretty much do. Yeah, what he wants. I understand that, but I I just think it's just a bit too much. Anyway, so um, do you I think, think it was a, a bit... penalty. Just just quickly, do you think it was a penalty? Yes, I did yeah, think it I was a penalty. Too. Yeah, but. A bit of a bit of normality, I think, back for Man United now. I still don't think that they're nowhere near their best. Um, but one of their key players this season, Juan Mata. Um, you know, they've got all these other. You know, you got your Lukaku, your Pogba, Martial, Rashford. But I think it's actually Mata that's actually key for them at the moment. You know, he. Yeah, I'd agree, but I think he's only sort of become key for them since they were two 0 down to Newcastle. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure he was, I'm not sure he was really playing well regularly before that. I mean, he had a great second half in that game. Then he he played well against Chelsea, and then I think he's played well again on Sunday. So I think he's absolutely deserving of his place. But oh yeah, I just the, the thing for me with United is. One Lukaku being dropped. Do you which, think they actually they, they actually played a little bit better about him on the pitch? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I do, but uh, yeah. I, I still I still think United are nowhere near what where you should expect them to be. I still think their back four looks a bit looks a bit dodgy. Um, I, I don't have a lot of faith in them to be honest. I think that. The six ahead of the ahead of the defence. I mean, they're they're quality players, but I think, particularly in that game, I think it was probably closer than it should have been. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with you. There. I did. I just can't get over that penalty. I just, I just, <laughs> if you uh, just played for Chelsea, it'd be the it would be the the best penalty no, I've ever. No, no, so you would do that. But yeah, I. It it wasn't actually it was quite an actually entertaining game to be honest. Yeah, I quite enjoyed. Okay I actually game. watched it. I actually quite enjoyed it. But um, I think for Man United now, I think getting the win at the weekend as well. I think that will uh, push them forward a bit. I think maybe that they've had their blip of the season, and you know they'll go on from there. But we'll um, we'll see. But um, I'll be honest with you, mate. I think there's always going to be an element of inconsistency with them. Yeah. Mm. All right. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll move on to the other uh, winning Manchester Manchester club this weekend. Um, 
Your team, Tottenham, Rich. Um, fair result, would you say? Uh, yes, I would. I think there's there's a couple of things from this game. And for the first time in quite a while, I've actually quite disappointed with Spurs, to be honest. Um, and it's it's not necessarily the performance. I, th- I think the whole the whole fact that the game was played at Wembley with the pitch in that condition, with the NFL branding still all over it, was was a bit farcical to be honest. Quite weird, wasn't it? It was quite. Weird. It was. And I, <laughs> I know there's I know there's been a lot of a lot of comments on on social media about it and. Even to the extent of some people suggesting that Spurs should have points deducted, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily go that far. I think, from the point of view of the game, I, I thought it was relatively even. To be honest, I think City probably had the better of the chances. I think Spurs had a, had a lot of possession. I think that the pitch didn't help at all. It didn't help for sort of a fluent. Didn't really help sort of Man City either, did it? When you, when... But it didn't help either, Tim. It, it didn't help no. the, 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 the the spectacle as a game of football, the pitch at all. Um, it was just so cut up. I think from from a Spurs point of view, I thought Harry Winks was good when he came on. I thought Sissoko played okay. I thought it was good to have Deli Ali back and Christian Eriksen back playing. Um, but, for, I mean, Lamella missed, a, missed, well, in my view, a sitter at 1-0. I think if that goes in, I think it, with 20, with 20, 25 minutes to go, it changes the complexion of the game a bit. Probably gives it's, you a bit of a boost as well. And you yeah, could, might have gone yeah, on to yeah, actually win the game. But I, I don't think City were at their best. I, I don't, want to keep going on about the pitch but if, if I'm honest I, I kind of feel like Spurs got what they deserved as it's hard to say as a Spurs but fan, it was very but... um, this Manchester City performance was very similar to when they played Liverpool a couple of weeks back they didn't play great you would, you would probably they, they... call it a professional performance from them you know, they got they got what was needed to be done. You know. Yeah, absolutely. They did what they needed to do to win the match. They got the early goal. I mean, they they sort of shut Spurs out pretty well. But I I just I, I, I hate to say it. I just think from the from a Spurs point of view, I think the whole stadium thing's getting a little bit embarrassing now. So if they is it now next year? Yes, yeah, so, so they, they've officially announced that all home games up until the at the end of December will be will be played at Wembley. Um, what happens after that? Which we just have to wait and see. So they've got another sort of two two months at Wembley, but it it I, I don't know. I, I just wish they'd sort it out. I just I don't think it helped them at all. No. The state of the pitch, the the whole the whole sort of hype that surrounded it, probably it, it hasn't they... done them any favours. And no. uh, with what's gone on at, at Real Madrid, I know there's a lot of talk about about Pochettino, and I know Gary Neville. I think it was Gary Neville said that he thinks that he's taken Spurs as far as he can. I I hope he doesn't, but it wouldn't surprise me if if he left. 
They've got their eye on a few uh, few managers, yeah, haven't they? I know, I know, like, well, Conte, I, I know Conte's been linked with them as well. Yeah, but... but if you believe what you read, so is Roberto Martinez. But I mean, I think any any sort of manager at a certain level will get linked. I don't think it's any secret from from a Madrid perspective that they've always liked Pochettino. But I don't know. There's there's Just... something that makes me think. Speaking of maybe he he may go. Yeah, just quickly, this completely bit off topic, but obviously Real Madrid at the moment very very poor. Do you think that this has anything to do with Ronaldo leaving the club? No, not really. No, or you just think it's just they're not. I I think I think it's I think it's difficult because. Any team who loses that level of player with with that with that amount of goals that he scored, they're always going to struggle. But the, the one thing I'd say is, if you look at if you still look at the eleven players that they're putting out, so Tony Cruz, Modric, Isco, Bale, Varane, Courtois, Ramos. I'd take any of them for Chelsea if, yeah, if they want to leave. Take, take, out, <laughs> take out Barcelona. They are still far and away the second best team in that division. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, they are the second best team in that division. Even Barcelona without Messi. I mean, add add Ronaldo to it. He he makes them closer to Barcelona than they probably are at the well, than they are at the moment. Yeah. But no, I don't. I don't think that's the sole reason. See? They're still. They're, so did you know that this is the first El Clasico that neither Ronaldo or Messi have played since 2007? Yes, I did hear that. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? Crazy. Yeah. But anyway, that's for the that's for the Spanish podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was the uh, the Premier League review. Um, so we will now move on to the EFL. Rich, you have the championship. Yeah, so in the championship, um, again, it's all changed at the top. I think, uh, if I remember rightly, at one point on uh, Saturday, there was Derby had moved up something like six six places to um, to be top of the league. And I think there was three teams that were top on, on the same day. So United are top of the league. Uh, they got a win at the weekend. Uh, and then second place is Leeds. They drew one all. Middlesbrough, Norwich, West Brom and Derby make up the playoff places. From those four, it was uh, only Norwich that won at the weekend. They got a 1-0 win against Brentford. Uh, Middlesbrough and Derby drew one all in the end. Uh, I think that was the early kickoff on Saturday. I think Middlesbrough got a uh, late equaliser was yeah. Uh, so I think that I think that was uh, that was the point where Derby were uh, top of the league because it's only uh, four points separating the top six, which just uh, goes to show how close it is. And below that, there's four teams all on twenty three points, including QPR, which uh, really surprised me because um, they had a terrible start to the season, but they've won four of their last five and Birmingham. So Birmingham have also won four of their last five, and uh, yeah, they're sitting ninth. So it's tight at the top. 
kind of as you were at the bottom. So Ipswich prop up the table with their third defeat in a row. They lost 3-0 away at Millwall. Uh, Hull a second to bottom, but they did pick up a win over the weekend. They won 1-0 away at Bolton, which was one of our prediction games. Uh, Reading uh, are 22nd, so they take up the last place, the last relegation place they lost at the weekend. Uh, and then just above them is Rotherham, who have drawn their last three games. So Ipswich are now five points adrift of the uh, of safety already. They've they're won a bad season, four, they? I think yeah, they set their manager, didn't they? Set their manager at the weekend. Yeah, well. I think they did. Yeah, they've only got um, they've only won one game this season, and they've got a goal difference of minus fourteen after fifteen games. So, um, so what happens when Mick McCarthy leaves? You yeah, know, you get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So it's a shame for Ipswich. Uh, but moving on to League One, so Portsmouth are still top. Uh, but they did only get a one-all draw away at Accrington over the weekend. Peterborough are now within two points um, of them. They won at the weekend. They beat Burton Albion 2-1 away, so that was a good win for them. Sunderland got their fourth win in a row, so they're third. They've still got the game in hand, so uh, with their goal difference, I think if they won the game in hand, they'd actually go top of the league. Uh, Barnsley and Luton are in fourth and fifth. They both won at the weekend. And Accrington Stanley are in sixth after the point they picked up. Uh, at the bottom, it's not good news for Bradford or Wimbledon at all. Uh, they've both lost their last uh, five games, uh, both losing again at the weekend. Plymouth are up to uh, 22nd. They beat Scunthorpe, sorry, just checking the score. They, they beat Scunthorpe 4-1 away at the weekend, which is their second win in a row. So they're off the bottom. And Oxford also won at the weekend. They beat Shrewsbury 3-0, so they're 21st. Do I mention Bristol Rovers so you can boo, Chris? Can if you want. Bristol Rovers. That was when you meant to boo. Oh, boom. So, <laughs> so Bristol Rovers lost 1-0 to Barnsley at the weekend, oh. so they're, uh, they're only outside of the relegation goal difference. Yeah, so that's uh, Championship and League One. Okay, so uh, in League Two, uh, it was it was a bad day for the teams at the top of the table. Uh, <clears throat> Lincoln went down to a 1-0 defeat against Colchester, but they do remain top. MK Dons remain second, even though they could only draw away to Mansfield 1-0. Exeter are in third. They lost 2-1 to Forest Green. And fourth place, Newport drew 1-0 with Morecambe. So none of the top four picking up uh, a win. So Colchester are up to fifth now after they beat topside Lincoln. And Forest Green, who uh, beat Exeter, up to sixth. And Tramir make up the last playoff place after they beat Crawley by five goals to one. So the bottom of the table, Maxfield lost 1-0 to Cambridge, so they remain bottom. Maxfield now five points from safety. 
The other team fought in relegation. Cheltenham lost by two goals to nil at home. Stevenage only two goes down in this league, so there is only two teams there. Uh, this is a special mention. Rich, are you listening? Special mention? I am listening, yeah. So, this is a special, a special mention to the Oval fans who made a trip up to Carlisle at the weekend. Obviously, the, the furthest away you could probably go for a football match um, in England. Uh, they actually came out winning that one, Yeovil 1-0, one, one thanks to a 96-minute winner. So, yeah. Worth the trip. Then. Happy days, yeah. A lot. Let's, what, let's hope they didn't leave before the final whistle. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, mate, yeah. imagine if they <laughs> left like, on the coach. The coach yeah, was like, yeah, yeah we're going to have to leave. Oh, we've missed the goal. But yeah, good good win for Yeovil, that as well. So that put, I think that pushes them just above mid-table now. So, you know, around where I thought they'd probably be. So, not too bad. So that was uh, the EFL review. Um, so yeah so that is the end of part one Uh, in part two we have the special topic all about the FA Cup and the appeal of it and we'll also touch on predictions and what is coming up next week so we'll see you in part two Hello and welcome back to View from the Sideline. This is part two. And in this part, we're going to be talking about the FA Cup and the appeal of the FA Cup these days. Because obviously a lot of people, I think there's a lot of things being said recently about has the FA Cup lost its appeal. Um, so we're just going to go through a few things. Obviously, my, my opinions, Rich's opinions on the whole situation. Um, but personally, for me, I love the FA Cup. I think, you know, it's one of those cups that's got such a, you know, such a tradition around it. You know, it's been running for, you know, over 100 years now. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, Chelsea have been, you know, been quite fortunate enough to to say that I've seen, obviously, my club lift the FA Cup quite a few times, especially in the last sort of like 10, 15 years. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I love the, the you know, the you know the atmosphere of you know of, of FA Cup games, especially when you when you're sat there watching you know two non-league sides on on telly fight for a place you know for the first round. Um, but I don't know what you think about it, Rich. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what I've I've tried to look at this one uh, this topic this week without without a lot of stats, without a lot of research if you like and just just what sort of my my personal feelings are t- towards this competition and i think the thing that that is quite disappointing is i i think the brutally honest answer is that it that it has lost a bit of its magic and i don't i, I think that's i think that's more a financial side of it i think that that Teams at different levels within, like the football pyramid, absolutely look at the FA Cup in a, in a completely different way. I think if you if you look at the teams that that are sort of in the tournament at the moment in the first round proper, or like the the, the sort of part time teams that that are going through the qualifying rounds, they're 
to them, the, the magic is still there with the cup. Um, and to get as far as you can to have a good cup run, to, to, to get as close to the third round as possible and then hoping that you draw draw like a, premier, a team in the Premier League, just, it's just, still absolutely there. But just, I think... Um, quickly on that one of my highlights for the Ethica is the draw I don't know what it is about the draw especially the third round draw if you've got like quite low league teams in there I quite I quite like it if Chelsea got you know someone like I don't know someone from non-league I think that's what makes FA Cup I think you know big side playing I I agree I agree with you but I I think I think it probably makes it more because you're almost happy for the other team that they've got a big draw. I think if you're if you're to, if Chelsea, for example, if you're a big club in the third round draw, um, whether you whether you get a non-league side or whether you get another Premier League side, you're probably not going to be putting your first choice team out uh, yeah, that's, realistically. Yeah. Um, and I think that the deep, the deeper you get into the com- competition, I mean, one one thing I did pull out that I think probably sums up a, a lot of how the FA Cup is viewed at the moment. So I, I don't know if you know this, Chris, but to, to win the competition, so financially, the prize money is three point six million. That's that's to actually win to win the tournament, but. West Brom, as as an example, just to give a comparison. So last year in the Premier League, West Brom got two million for coming last and getting relegated. Yeah. And if you compare the prize money, so so that that is the same the same amount as you get for for coming runner up in the FA Cup. So it's around two million. But the the prize money. Because the the question I was going to ask you is is as a football fan, do you think that getting uh, finishing in the top four or winning the FA Cup would be more of an achievement? So Liverpool last season for finishing finishing fourth in the Premier League, their prize money was just over thirty two million. So that's ten, ten times, times yeah. what you get for winning the <clears throat> FA Cup, and. To be honest, if you win the FA Cup, you're, 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 you're the 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 most rewarding part because I think 3.6 million to a Premier League club isn't an awful lot of money. Is qualification Europe? for the Europa yeah, League? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do that competition a disservice because that's where Spurs will be in January. So I've got to big up that competition. <laughs> but but no one really wants to play in that. It's no, not yeah. like it, it's not like it was. Uh, I don't know. I was going to say ten, fifteen years, but it's maybe even a bit longer than that. Where it was like it was almost like the best opportunity some some sort of top ten like Premier League clubs had of playing in Europe. And if you won the FA Cup, it was like you've got European football. It was such an achievement. But that's just not there anymore. But do you, do you think it's because the the teams that are winning the FA Cup? Are generally the teams that finish in the top six anyway. So yeah, for them, probably. it's not. And, you're, and you're, you're qualifying for the Europa League by by default almost. Yeah, I I I, but... I personally think that the prize money should you should be getting more than three million for winning the FA Cup. But 
Yeah, I think you should, but I don't. I don't think it's about the prize money. It should. It should be uh, people from sports football fans from all around the world will watch the FA Cup because it's the oldest club cup competition in the world, and it's got it's got the nostalgia and it's it's got the reputation. I think the, the, the thing that I love about the FA Cup, and it's from when I was growing up, and it was the final was such an event. It was that the build up was on telly. It was on pretty much all day. I it remember. Probably, didn't they used to start at like midday or something like, yeah, something like it that? Was, yeah. It was probably one of the only uh, sort of games that was broadcast in full on sort of like terrestrial television. And there was such a build up to it, and like under the twin towers at the old Wembley, it was it was just such an event. But one of the things that one of the things that I I don't like about it, to be honest with you, I don't like the fact that the semi finals are played at Wembley. No, that's that's one thing that when I was looking at it, I I I think it should be like almost like a privilege to play it. Well, I know right Tottenham aside. Are playing the home games there at the moment, but it should be a privilege to play at that stadium, don't you think? No, absolutely. You should earn. The, you should the, have the to Spurs, earn a spot at that. Yeah, at the Spurs Man United semi final <clears throat> last year. I, I, I didn't even as a Spurs fan. I didn't want that played at Wembley because they used We've to play got, it at neutral grounds, didn't they? Like some they like used Villa to play Park, them at Villa Park, yeah. Hillsborough, Old Trafford. <clears throat> I think they used to play them at uh, the City Ground as well at Forest. So even if they played them at um, the Millennium Stadium, the semi-finals, I think even that would be okay. But it, again, it's all about money. It comes down to money, doesn't it? Yeah, but I, yeah, I mean that that was going to be one of my other points. I think. I think the, the the FA Cup almost lost a bit of its appeal when Wembley was knocked down, and and it was moved to Cardiff. Yeah, now, I know for sort of stadiums in in the UK for with capacity and sort of neutral stadiums, if you like, because you can't play at a club ground. Um, I guess Cardiff was was the only option, but it just it just didn't feel right. It just it. It's almost like it lost some of its magic when it moved, and then when it came back to the to, to New Wembley and the semi-finals were being played there. I think I think the semi-finals have been played at Wembley now since two thousand and seven, so it's over ten years. But it yeah. just doesn't. It doesn't feel right, does it? I completely agree with you. The getting to Wembley was was. The pinnacle, if you like, and winning the FA Cup on a day out at Wembley, I don't. There, there was nothing that could beat it. Definitely, yeah. And I think if you look at the upsets, so just to pick a couple out. So I, I don't know if you were alive for some of these, Chris. So you have to <laughs> bear with me. So, so Sutton two, Coventry one in '87. So that was 18 months after Coventry won it and Sutton were non-league. I was Obviously alive. The... I was alive. Yeah, good, yeah. good. That was the year Liverpool I was born. Oh, uh, okay. I doubt you remember it. Liverpool Wimbledon in the final when Wimbledon won one nil. Sort of a, a few more recent ones. So when Wigan beat Man City a few years ago, and then 
Just one for you, Chris. When Bradford went to Stamford Bridge and, and won 4-2 against Chelsea. Yeah. No one's going to hear um, that, Rich. So I'll cut that bit out, don't worry. And then, obviously, you've got probably the, t- the two <coughs> classics, Wrexham Re- beating Arsenal and then Hereford beating Newcastle, which is whenever the FA Cup comes around, Ronnie Radford's goal. Goal, all, all, the goal is always, always on. Comes on. Always on. But... That to me, that's what the FA Cup is about. And the joy, Kelly. That's that is one thing that I love about the FA Cup is, like I said, like the fact that a lower league team has a shot at beating one of the biggest teams in the world. I think I'll take Yeovil for example. Two seasons ago, they played Man United at Hewish Park. You know, for for any Yeovil fan, you know that was probably be the biggest game of that season, you know, to go watch, to to have a chance to go watch, you know, Manchester United play, yeah. you know, is, is a great, and this, that game was um, Sanchez's first game for Man United as well. Yeah. But, and and, uh, and I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with you, but there's also the other side that, that makes you think that a game like that will keep the club running for like another 12 months. I'm not. I'm not for a minute suggesting that Yeovil are in sort of financial difficulty, but no, no, for no. a lot of for a lot of the lower league clubs, getting a getting a, a big Premier League club and a televised game, it will pretty much run the club for a year well, with, the, with the revenue the, with the, the revenue you get from it. The suggestion was that the game, the TV money, the gate receipts, and everything that came with it, they made a, at least a million on that game alone. Mm. So. But, that, yeah. but that's what the cup. But that's what the cup's about yeah. for me. It's it's about those sort of games. When you get to, when you get to the quarterfinals, like semi-final. I, I think last year when, when Spurs got to the semi-final, I, I think it was the semi. It was only at the semi-final stage where they pretty much put a first team out. Who did they lose to? Chelsea United. <laughs> anyway. Um, I, don't, I don't get the joke. Do you think? Do you think that the BBC have done a good job in the last two, three years with the amount of te- the amount of coverage that they are giving the FA Cup? Do you think that they're trying think, to bring I, it back? I think, I think they do their best, but I mean, it's on BT Sport now. But I mean, even to me at the moment, BT Sport is probably running second behind Sky Sports. I don't, I'm not sure how many subscribers BT Sport have got, but I just don't think it's accessible. That that was the beauty of the FA Cup years ago. It was always it on. Was access, it was accessible to everyone yeah. because it was on terrestrial telly. Because BBC, they do show, normally show two games over the weekend, yeah, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Normally but a Friday think, night game and, and then like Sunday. I think you're spoiled with the amount of football you can watch. Honest, can, honestly, yeah. I think I think at least ninety five percent of football fans would rather finish in the top four than win the FA Cup. I think you're I right. Just, I think that's a bit that's a bit sad. I mean, being a Spurs fan, I'm not I'm not afraid to admit it. I get ribbed all the time for Spurs' lack of trophies. Do you? And yeah, I do. Hey, yeah, I, I can't do. imagine that, Rich. The whole DVD of the sort of. Nearly winning the league and all that it's, rubbish. It's, Rich, you should know but, we put pressure on because you've got a copy. I know you've got. A oh copy. yeah, d- d- we put pressure on DVD. I'll, I'll be honest with you, and I, I don't have a problem in saying it. 
I realistically don't think Spurs are going to win the Champions League. They're certainly not going to win it this year. I would rather Spurs won the FA Cup and had a year out of the Champions League. Is this that's just so that's... you can silence the people that are telling you no, about No, I just think it's... I just. You... I think I'm in the camp where when you're a footballer and you look back, you're not you're not going to have any trophies on your shelf for, for sort of finishing third and fourth in the league every year. I, I think the FA Cup is within English football is apart from the Premier League title. I think it's I think it's the the pinnacle, and I think it's uh, definitely. I would I would much I would rather Spurs won it than than and had a year out of the Champions League. So. We we're agreed that the semi final shouldn't be played at Wembley anymore. Do you, do you think that will lift the profile of it at all, or do you think you know just? Yeah, well, I don't know. It's, it's difficult because any game at Wembley is high profile. I think for the, I, I don't think they'll ever be moved away from Wembley because I no, think no. it makes I think it makes the FA too much money to move them. And with the cost of Wembley, etc., it's probably a no-brainer to have them there. I just think it would be, I just think it would be nice to 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 move those games sort of to a neutral venue where it then means getting to Wembley is that that much more special. I think for any for any Eng- English-born player, I think they would. One of their achievements, I think they would love to win the FA Cup. Yeah, I think they would. I think yeah. they would. And I think just as a Spurs fan, because I remember watching the semi-final last year that, that was obviously played at Wembley. And to me, it didn't feel like an FA Cup because you see Spurs play at Wembley every other week. It, oh, it just felt like a normal game. It didn't feel like a semi-final. It's like at a, all. Fake, a fake atmosphere almost, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, that, that was... I found that took took the edge off the game a bit really uh, a, a lot of the build up was around the game should be moved because technically it's a home game for Spurs rather than this is the semi-final of the FA Cup what a load of rubbish <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's a gonna... shame it's, it's an absolute shame I think we all we all grew up well our, our generation grew up on on the FA Cup being the sort of <laughs> the bee's knees of, how, of, of English football and I, I just think that's diminished a bit and I just how, how soon before the the FA Cup draw is it goes digital rich yeah but it was like the, it's like the League Cup though isn't it they do the draws in in China in China it's just <laughs> crazy it's just yeah. crazy yeah, I, I, think, I, I think we'll start a campaign to get to get the FA Cup back to where it should yeah, be yeah never get rid of the balls never get rid of them the what? Sorry. The balls. Never get rid of them. No. For the, for the draw. It's part of. No, it's part of the. Part of yeah, the, it's part of history. the history. Yeah. It's part of history. I mean. Yeah. I yeah. will stop what I'm doing to watch the FA Cup draw. I, I won't stay up late to watch the the Carabao Cup draw in China. The best. The best FA Cup draw I saw was when I was living in Southampton and. Southampton, they came. I think they came out. Third, they were the third ball to be drawn, so they were at home, and there was still probably sixty odd balls left in the in the the pot. 
And I was just thinking in my head, just get Yeovil, get Yeovil, and I could go to St Mary's and watch Yeovil play in the FA Cup. And what happened? Yeovil popped out. Great. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's what it's about, though. Yeah. It's not. It's not every day you you get to play a Premier League no. club or you get to go to a Premier League. Still round. waiting for the day that Chelsea play Yeovil, and I hope, hopefully, I will get to see that one day. But well, who do you support? Yeah. That's the issue you've got with a lot of football, Chris, because you support so many teams. When I get, Chelsea... I get my uh, my fifty fifty shirt out, Rich. Yeah, when when, <laughs> when when Chelsea do a pre season tour of Australia, I mean, you're in trouble with all the with all the A League teams that you support. Hey. Don't be knocking the A League. I don't know. I was yeah, covering that at the weekend. It must be difficult. Yeah, but anyway. Anyway, uh, so I have yeah, we'll I have got a quick story for you, Rich, about the FA Cup. Okay. So first off, did you know that the first FA Cup had a Scottish club involved in it? Did you know no, that? I did not know that. No. It was Queens Park. They were invited to join the FA Cup. And not many teams were involved. Let's say this: there was five rounds. Of, 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 at the time the rules were a little bit different back in those days as well um, so in the in the first round Queen's Park um, were drawn against Donington School um, but they couldn't agree a date a date to play the game which just seems crazy they could not agree on a day to play the game so they, they both like Spurs <laughs> yeah so they were both given a bye into the next round where they were drawn against each other again. Um, this time they agreed a, a, a date and uh, Queen's Park actually won that by default because Donington School withdrew from the competition. <laughs> this gets, this <laughs> it gets even, as the best competition. This it? gets even better. Right? So Queen's Park advanced to the third round after getting a bye from the first round because they couldn't agree a date. Um, the club withdrew who they were supposed to be playing in the second and third round. Because there was an odd number of teams in the competition left, they actually got another well, bye. I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> they got another bye into the semi-final. <laughs> right. Are you gonna take, did they win it? So, listen to this, it's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> So then, in the semi-final, they played a team called Wanderers, and they drew the first leg. And back in in, in that time, they played two legs. So the first leg they drew, um, but the second leg, Queens Park, they couldn't afford to travel, so they had to withdraw from the competition. <laughs> <laughs> so they never actually. So yeah, they 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 managed to play the first leg, but couldn't afford the money to play the second leg for the travel. So they um, got all the way to the semi final by default, only, play, only playing one game, one game, a nil nil draw. And they drew that, and then uh, Wanderers actually went on to win the competition. But um, yeah, I thought by, de- by, was... de- by, de- by default. Because... No, they actually they actually played. I think they won three. I think it was three one the final. Um, oh, crazy! But yeah, I just thought that's that was what that, quite, that's what that competition. That was all quite funny. About. It's I all about crazy stories. Like that. <laughs> uh, I thought oh, that good, the fact good that topic, Chris, I there like was that. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so um, yeah, that's the FA Cup. I think we've uh, agreed on quite a few points there. But if anyone has any, you know, anything on the FA Cup that they would like to share with us, just get in touch with us. It'd be good um, to hear people's memories and sort of yeah. people's stories. The so games they've gone to see and, and things like that, and you know, yeah. 
Um, so quick news on predictions, Rich. Yeah, so as we mentioned earlier, we've, we've got a new leader at the top of the predictions table. It's uh, my brother-in-law, Jamie, who got a whopping 30 points. Never going to get that. I'm never going to catch week, that. Which I think... Uh, you and I have both scored 30 in one week earlier on, Chris, but obviously, because ours is done by our, average. Our averages I, just don't... Yeah. Mine's dropped completely. I think, I think I'm second last at the moment. So, um, And this week's pre- guest predictor, Chris, is none other than... My, uh, my beautiful wife. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah, both, so uh, hopefully... We're both I putting ourselves in, in a... In a perilous position getting our wives to join well, in you lost to your wife so hopefully i did i did and i have no doubt i will also lose to your good lady so well yeah i don't, she, I don't hold up barely, she knows nothing about, i sat when i sat with her and i got a prediction literally like she was clueless like um, i see you've both gone for a bournemouth win over man united which was quite interesting yeah which her her reason behind that was because they're more local than manchester united yeah that's good good reason yeah so the so a copy of this week's predictions uh with vicky involved are on the website um so and we'll be putting them on on social media uh tomorrow so you'll be able to look at them then. But like I say, they're on the website with all the previous rounds and the uh, the current table with Jamie set at the top. Yeah, congratulations to Jamie as well. Yeah, 30's um, going to be a that's, that's, be a tough score to beat until until Vicky get gets like full marks or something. Uh, yeah, never mind. Well, you never know. You yeah. never know. Some someone may do one day, but thirty is a is a very very competitive score. So someone need to do well to beat that. Yeah. So uh, so next week, Rich is not with us. Um, and it's nothing week. to do with predictions. No, yeah, he's not. He's not ashamed. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will um, we will put on uh, Facebook and Twitter um, all the details for next week's podcast. Um, but other than that, Rich, um, I believe you want to talk about the website quickly. Yeah. So just the, the website's been, we've been going really well. So we've been getting, uh, I think a hundred plus hits a week, which is really good. Uh, so we're obviously really grateful for everyone that's going on there to, uh, to look at the details about the podcast. We've got two blogs on there at the moment. One's about, uh, the, the the rapid rise in transfer fees and then uh, also about Abramovich's time at Chelsea so far. We've got another one that will be going on this week, uh, which is our views on the World Cup campaign for England. Uh, so that will be going on in the next couple of days. Uh, like I say, all the predictions are on there. We've also added uh, a, some bios on there. Chris and I have, which will be up in the next, also within the next couple of days, just so uh, the listeners can know a bit more about us, I guess. So it's a very just, fetching uh, image of me as well, um, yeah, I must say. Yeah, you, <laughs> you kind of look like Sue Perkins. From, I, uh, I thought Ellen more super, I thought more Clark Kent, but all right, yeah. we'll go with Sue Perkins. <laughs> so, yeah, for those who haven't seen it yet, Chris and I have had avatars of ourselves made. Uh, which is quite amusing. So they're on the website, uh, and like I say, we'll, we'll be adding the bios, and the, the 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 new blog will be on there in the next couple of days. So 
uh, go onto the website and take a look. Uh, yeah, so that that's it from me, Chris. So good luck next week. Um, I'm sure uh, I'll, be, I'll be sure to listen in, and then I'll be, be back. The you'll week be after. missed, but you'll be back. Which is good. I am. Um, there is a valid reason why I'm off. So yeah. All um, right. We'll let you off. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, that is all we have time for this week. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening again, and thank you for all the all the support that we've been getting. Um, but yeah, uh, goodbye from me. Yeah. Goodbye. Speak to you soon.